Hello, and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. Andy, welcome to uh, episode two of season two. Yes. I know everyone has probably watched the trailer, uh, or like <laughs> yeah. the teaser, the trailer for the trailer, I think uh-huh. is the style now. Yeah, everybody's waiting for season two to wrap up so they can binge it in one one long weekend. <laughs> Although I would encourage you not to do that. If you did that with our season one, you would be, uh, I think you'd die by the time you got, got <laughs> yes. through that that session. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to continue with uh, doing what, what we're doing in season two, which is uh, rather than rolling on a table of topics, we're rolling on a table of design challenges instead. So it's a subtle difference, um, but it's it's quite fun. I think I think I'm going to roll on that pretty shortly. But I did just want to check in about one thing. So earlier today, we were talking about. Um, I'm, I've been getting a hankering to read the Silmar- Silmarillion, and I wanted to get your your on air thoughts about that. So like, am I correct that you you rank that higher than Lord of the Rings, or like what's your favorite of the the Tolkien? I don't know if I would rank it higher than Lord of the Rings. It's a it's a really different work than Lord of the Rings. Structurally, it's a different book. You know, Tolkien didn't write it as a novel. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as the enjoyment I get out of reading it, yeah, it's it's right up there with Lord of the Rings. I mean, huh. how do you say something's better than Lord of the Rings? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Silmarillion is challenging in different ways than the Lord of the Rings is. Mm-hmm. It's more, you know, it's more challenging to read, but... It's very rewarding. Uh, uh, it's very rewarding. Yeah, that's the sense that I got. Because I've, I've tried a run at it two or three times in the past. You know, I've gotten like 10, 15 pages in and been like, oh, this is good, but this is going to be, I need to sit down and read it. And so the thing that you mentioned to me recently was to just like, if, if you're sl- like getting bogged down to skip to like, I think like the third part. Yeah. That's that's where like the, the really great stuff is. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how many parts there are in it. I think it's like a half dozen or so. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's really a collection of discrete things. You don't really need to read them in order. And actually, the the parts that you start out with, I, I think, well, really interesting and rewarding to dig mm-hmm. into are not especially compelling, you know, especially compelling to read. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. It starts out, you know, it starts out with the creation of the world. And as I was mentioning in our discussion earlier, People compare it to like the, the experience of reading the Bible, right? Huh. Which uh, we ha- we all have kind of different, I think, stereotype ideas in our head of what it's like to read the Bible. But mm-hmm. there is that when you start reading it and it starts with the creation of the world, there is that like, oh boy, it feels like I'm starting to read like the Old Testament from the yeah. beginning straight <laughs> through. Uh, yeah. So my encouragement is that if you find yourself just getting a little bogged down in the opening two sections. I think the first section is about the creation of the world, and it has a really beautiful set of imagery about the creation of the world. It's really beautiful. And then the second section is kind of describing the the Valar, the god-type mm-hmm. beings in the setting. That's there for the super nerds, I think. So come back to that stuff. <laughs> um, unless on your first try through, you're like, this is great. And yeah. skip to the third part, because that's really where the story of the... This, that's through the story of the Silmarils is, and that's the mm-hmm. meat of the Silmarillion. So I don't really know. I mean, I guess I understand why they would, the they would on editing it, they would choose to put that creation stuff at the beginning because I mean, I guess it chronologically happens first. Yeah. But it, but it's really not 
it's not where the main course of the book is and and so i think it's a questionable decision i think some of that stuff might have worked better putting it in appendix at the end yeah well okay well i guess we don't need to dissect like the the publishing history of tolkien at this point but yeah i mean that um that sounds great and it does sort of make me wonder like if you could even structure right because it's you know we talk about tabletop games here like structure a tabletop campaign in that way too where you did some sort of creation myth for your world and then yeah. skip forward did you know did something other that's yeah something other some other metaphysical sort of thing and then got into your campaign proper if that would be a fun way to approach yeah well i've thought about it a lot in a kind of an rpg context because mm-hmm. one thing that's really interesting when you're reading the story of the silmarils and then you read the lord of the rings is the difference in the type of story that they're telling oh. and that's always just really intrigued me i i can think of few better literary literary incarnations of this idea of a golden mythic age where everything was cranked to 11 you know the lord of the rings is already soaked through with this idea that the greatness of the world is bleeding out and the best days are past and uh, as you read the the silmarillion you're reading uh about you know kind of this world not at its peak but back close to its its peak huh. times and so you see the greatness that was lost and i think red is a package alongside lord of the rings it's a really i think it's a kind of moving literary experience and just mm-hmm. to pull it back down into like gamey uh terms you know so many settings have that idea of like in the past you know you're exploring the ruins of this civilization that like clearly was pretty awesome right you know mm-hmm. these epic epic dungeons these massive uh ruined fortresses you know these dwarven mines Mm -hmm. there's always a suggestion that when these things were in their prime they were amazing and wondrous and you're digging through the rubble and that's cool but i have often wondered you know why why don't we play fantasy games in that like mythic time period where everything's (laughs) cranked to 11 and it's and everything is at its peak of coolness it would why are so many of our games playing in the dusty wreckage of those golden ages? <laughs> do you, I mean, do you want, the real answer to that is um, it's a reflection upon the society in which we live in now. <laughs> That's why we're, <laughs> yeah. I suppose, right. well, that, well, that got depressing now. So yeah. that's, that's just a roll for topic, everyone. <laughs> cool. Yeah, there you go. No, I mean, you have now like completely sold me, sold me on. I need to make it through the Silmarillion as quickly as possible because this sounds, yeah, it sounds really great. I mean, like I'm such a sucker for Lord of the Rings. It just seems like this is a natural, natural next step. And then come back to me in a month and I'll be like buried deep in Christopher Tolkien's notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Going back to you know, all those. Volumes. I mean, people talk about, people talk about the Silmarillion being, you know, this sort of hardcore reading experience. And I mean, it's more challenging than Lord of the Rings, but man, it's like only, it's like a th- three out of ten on the like tolkien rabbit trails you can go down <laughs> yeah right. i mean there is uh, christopher tolkien collected and edited a lot of tolkien material you can read that if you want to go way down the rabbit hole like way farther than silmarillion so yeah i don't know okay all well, right yeah, i well, hope let's... that you'll report back yeah. uh with your progress and i also hope you know if it is if you bounce off it i think that would be interesting to talk about too so mm-hmm. i hope that you yeah. don't feel uh, sheepish if you dig in and yeah Oh, no, if there's anything this podcast has proven, it's that I'm really good at talking about great ideas and never following through on them. So that's, (laughs) (laughs) that is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I mean, we have a copy on the shelf. It's been on the shelf for 
15 or 20 years at this point right so i think this is this is time to to pull it down all right well let's let's go ahead and roll on our table at this point and then uh, maybe we can think about the silmarillion even more as we're designing our challenge here <laughs> yeah uh, all right do you have it pulled up um, i do I'm have the to... table right in front okay. of me so chris if you can uh, brandish a d10 and give me a roll let's find out what we're going to talk about today all right four a four. Oh, today we will be discussing or we will be designing on the air useless magical items that might actually have uses <laughs> so uh let's start let's uh let's put some uh let's define this assignment a little bit more so that we know what we're <laughs> up to let's yeah. design so let's design a couple of these things but not too many so like <laughs> should we create three of these things yeah, let's aim for that and see see how it goes. I mean, okay. I think there's, you know, you could do a hundred of these, not easily, but you know, we could do a hundred of them. Let's let's try to stick to three, and I think the boundary that I want to raise right away is so like that word useless to me that means like this is not like a wand that casts fireball, right? Yeah. This is yeah, it's got to be something that might not have been intended for the purpose that it ends up getting used for. I have the same thought about it too. I was thinking that this these would be magic items where it would never be immediately clear from their main purpose how you would ever use these. But mm -hmm. let's start, Chris, by talking about when these things have cropped up in your games, if at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell me about a useless magical item that ended up having uses. Yeah, the the one that comes to mind immediately, like I don't know if it really had a use, but the, the Cloak of Billowing, which I think was added in 5e in like Xanathar's Guide or something. Yeah, so it's this, this cloak that when you snap, the cloak billows out behind you in a very dramatic fashion. And then when you snap again, it, it, it stops billowing and that's it. Like that's that's all it does, <laughs> right? You know, so it's a very useless, uh, useless magical item in that it like all it does is make you look cooler. But I mean, what I found is like when you present that in the game, there's a certain sort of player who like must have it, <laughs> like, you know, at all mm -hmm. costs. They must have it. And for them, it has like it ends up having a lot of uses to make things more dramatic. And I think I've even given it some mechanical advantage here and there. It's like, well, I mean, if you if you walk in with that cloak billowing, that's gonna, you know, allow your deception check or your intimidation check to go a little bit better. Yeah. So like that that's the one that comes to mind. I think I've also had a a mug that you know, like turns everything into alcohol. Those sorts of like trinkets that I think allow players to grab onto them and do stuff that's like somewhat interesting for their characters. Um, and then, you know, whether or not it ends up having a, like a use in game to solve a problem, it's sort of like, well, yeah, that'd be great if it can. But uh, for me, it's more uh, fun if they can use it to yeah flesh out who their character is. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, some of these, it's fun when they find these and they find a way to use them to accomplish mm -hmm. something. But like you say, there's value in items that really just provide some flavor and flavor to the character or to the setting. One that's cropped up in my games, I hesitate to say this is useless, but this falls into yeah. the category of magical items that, that would realistically be created and used in a fantasy setting that just don't mm -hmm. have a real obvious like adventuring application. Yeah. And that is a wand that controlled the weather, but not in mm -hmm. a dramatic lightning bolt type of way, just a wand that could slightly mellow out the weather, do, do like modest changes, the type you would need to do if you were doing agriculture or something in a fantasy world and you just needed to maintain a, some stable uh, inoffensive weather for a while oh okay so not like earth sea level wizardry over yeah <laughs> over not weather. like okay. you know bring a tsunami down or yeah. uh, start a lightning storm 
you know, to mm. hit your enemies in combat. Yeah, it's like, as you were saying that, it's almost um, a fun, useless magical item would be the equivalent of an umbrella. Right? Yeah. Huh. It's like, yeah, like some sort of wand you hold up and it like, it just repels like water that's coming down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's, there's a lot of um, like fun technological like solutions that we have in modern day that I think you can kind of like make into magic, magical items. Yeah. That way, I mean, like, I think like it'd be fun to drop something that's like the equivalent of a calculator, right? In into <laughs> into your oh, absolutely, your yeah, is. right? Because I mean, like, you think about it, like, and they have to do if you have to do math like longhand, and then all of a sudden you have this this magical like tablet that can show you <laughs> show you how numbers add together. That could be a, a powerful magic item, magical item. If you start thinking about what would people want magic to help them do, you would mm-hmm. get this huge list of really mundane things that like that we have maybe modern technology that other for so you know like um mm-hmm. uh, whatever a, a spell that just tells you if there's any like leaks in your boat <laughs> or the a barrel or something right like yeah a bunch of little things that um that i think you would come up with. So, so how do we want to uh how do we want to start this i feel like we just fired off a couple of good ideas they're not quite inventive enough let's really give ourselves a a constraint here okay. um, so like when we say useless like you know the one that can control weather a little bit or you know magical calculator those seem like almost a little bit too useful <laughs> right yes. so yeah let's let's maybe say this and i think you actually told me this like a while ago about creating magical items like Think about something that the creator of it would consider like a mistake or otherwise something that did not do what they, they expected it to be. So like what problem were they trying to solve by the creation of this magic item? Yeah, by the creation of it, and the, but they accidentally created something something else um, yep. out of it. Yeah, so I guess I'm thinking about like, um, yeah, let's come up with something. Like maybe they were trying to create, make some sort of um, wand that could move a boulder. Like this big boulder. It didn't work for whatever reason, but what it actually does is it attracts all the little pebbles towards it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right. So something that like the creator, it's like, well, it didn't fulfill my task. So like, sure, you can have it. But now you've given the player something that can attract all the pebbles in a 10 foot radius <laughs> to the to the player. One thing that springs to mind is like, along those lines, what if like kind of a classic magic item from like Lord of the Rings or something? What if it just didn't come out right? Like they. Yeah. They were setting down to make a sword that glows when orcs are within 100 feet. And it turns out it glows when, like, clay deposits are within 100 feet, right? <laughs> what if it What if it glows when, when it's within 100 feet, right? Like, something like that. Like, it only <laughs> glows when it, when it itself is within 100 feet, right? Like, you know, like, and I think... Um, what tickles me about that is like you have no idea how that might end up getting used. <laughs> yeah. Let me put some more constraints on us here to help us. Okay. Out. Let us start with a weapon that okay. does something that is useless in the way that we've defined useless. How might you enchant a weapon or create a weapon? Like what would you have it do that would have no combat value? Not, not even any combat value. <laughs> so it can't glow bright to blind people it can't you know nothing like that <laughs> yeah uh but it also can't take away like what what makes it the weapon one obvious answer is here is some sort of like ornamental weapon that's not mm-hmm. designed to be used people might put all sorts of silly colors or enchantments on it you know if it's designed if it's just gonna if its purpose is to hang on a display case in the duke's you know, mm-hmm. but let's imagine something that like you would use and it, it, it like functions normally. It's a sword or whatever, mm-hmm. but it, it does something like with zero, it does something weird 
that has nothing to do with its like combat purpose yeah i think we're both like sitting here being thinking about players who would find a way, I know. <laughs> a way to use what, anything anything you give them like yeah okay so <laughs> thinking about a sword this is dumb but like you know like the lightsaber sound that yep. you know sounds when you swing a lightsaber like uh like a fantasy sword that makes makes some sort of silly sound whenever you move <laughs> it around i think would be pretty great and like maybe it, it does make uh, like or yeah it yells out the name of the king or something you know it's like <laughs> Yeah, for the king every time you swing it. It's one of those things where it, like, it seems really cool, but it actually ends up being very annoying. So the players find it like in a storeroom in the basement of the castle. Because it's like, oh, geez, we tried to use this once. Yeah. And it just was awful. You know how popular fiction versions of weapons and fighting is not like the real experience? And I'm 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 <laughs> not don't personally. I, I'm not I'll, like I'll an expert in any of this. But like as an yeah. example, like in movies, you you have that thing where people like hold their gun, their handguns like side like horizontally oh, yeah. or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. When you wouldn't do that in a real life situation. So what if the person designing the weapon had no real sense of how it would actually be used, and so <laughs> they designed it to do something like not harmful, but it's it's dumb what if every time it's drawn no what like whether any every time it's raised the sword makes like that a loud shing noise like it's yeah. being pulled from a scabbard i like that like a sound effect sword essentially yeah. it's just like yeah <laughs> okay well, well what how about yeah. we for the sake of moving on i like <laughs> your idea like let's a sound effect a sound effect weapon shall it be a sword mm. like what yeah okay i think like i think a sword makes sense yeah so like the like, like give it a little bit of backstory you know so the magician who created it didn't really know much about swords so they yeah they, they created this thing to to like replicate um different sounds maybe i mean like could you even give it like a flavor to like try to intimidate the enemy in some some way but it just sort of went <laughs> wrong and it sounds just sort of goofy whenever yeah it, it gets moved it's around. like the cheesiest sounding whatever it yeah. is like it does a fanfare or like you say it yells like, <laughs> yeah, like the, the final fantasy like yeah Okay, yeah. Okay. So it's a it's a magic sword. It has dumb sound effects for like when it's raised or drawn, when it mm-hmm. like strikes another weapon, it does like a dumb, like an, an exaggerated sound effect of some sort. And yeah. uh, when you pull it out for the first time in a fight, it shouts like a, it shouts one of a a d10 table of like, <laughs> uh, yes. things that you would never actually say in a fight but that would sound cool if you had never been in a fight yeah yeah i think it's a, it's a d10 table like that and then you also roll a d20 and on a one um it sticks with that sound effect forever <laughs> <laughs> yes that's perfect okay yeah all right let's call that uh let's call that our first magic useless magic item down the sound effect sword Okay. Okay. Right, that sounds good. And so let's uh let's change uh types of thing for our next one. Can I give you how about let's let's I'll give you a location where you'd find this thing. Um in a kitchen. In a kitchen. All right. Mhm. All right. Well, my mind goes to something used for preparing food. Okay. Now with the obvious caveat that like we are edging into possibly useful territory if this is anything that can be used to like detect poison or like or, or create <laughs> yeah. poison. Yeah. Uh things that would be useful in a kitchen are like uh something that would check if you have the proper proportions of like you tell it what your recipe is and it mm-hmm. v- it verifies for you if you have the right 
whatever proportions of ingredients or something so that you never add too much salt yeah um that's not very exciting so let's not do mm-hmm. that but like mm-hmm. can you think of something uh like food preparation related you know at the risk of creating something that is useful like, i mean like what if it is a salt cellar that like never runs out or something you know or like some sort of spice that never runs out but maybe the quality isn't very good on it it's like it's like stale oregano or something like that you can have as much as you want but it just it's never fresh and it's like still in one of those little containers with the tiny holes and yeah. so you can only ever get out like a tiny like a you know a, a tiny teaspoons worth at a time mm-hmm. but it's endlessly full yeah, I like that. And I think you could even, the flavor on that could be too, like there's an inscription on it, you know, that like warns you not to try to break it open, you know, otherwise there, <laughs> otherwise you know, the world will be flooded with oregano or like it'll break, you know, like the, the, the magic, the magic itself will break. Um, right. I think, again, this is giving all sorts of hooks for the players to maybe do something they shouldn't with it. But I think that's that's part of the fun of these things. Yeah. Well. I, I mean, having an endless supply. I mean, it sounds so dumb, but like that doesn't sound like the worst thing to have in your equipment pile, like an endless yeah. supply of salt. I don't even know why, but like I, I've, <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't even be that hard for p- people to find reasons to dig that out and use it in an adventure. I don't I, I mean, oh, for sure. I have nothing specific yeah. in mind, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's, that's part of the fun of these things, too, is, like, it, it pushes you to find reasons to bring it out, right? Like, cause I think there's a there's a tendency with magic items that are really cool to just save them up. But I, I like the idea of having these these things that are essentially trinkets, right? They're not they're not exactly designed to do stuff. And then finding a way to challenge yourself to use them. Okay, all right. So let me give you another... Why, why do you give me a location? All right, a location. How about high altitudes? Ooh high altitudes that's interesting my mind goes to like a hang glider <laughs> that can get you way down. way too useful <laughs> extremely useful. <laughs> yeah. Sing- single not use. only useful but awesome so we can't <laughs> yeah. have that yeah let's see high altitude you know so the stuff that you would want in high altitude is like you know like oxygen tanks climbing gear <laughs> access to the the eagles from the lord of the rings <laughs> <laughs> yes so here's <laughs> you know, those, a those here's a things. different thing so Here's a possible mm-hmm. way something could kind of be uh, in, uh, hobbled. Uh, what mm-hmm. if it, yeah, what if it's a genuinely useful thing, but it's mm-hmm. got some sort of uh, like safety mechanism or it was made for like learners or newbies. And mm. so it has this profoundly irritating process you have to go through before it does the simple thing that it does. Oh, yeah. What if like there's... um. It's some sort of like magical uh, like spell that can create clouds, but you have to be at cloud level to use it. Yeah, um, that that might be again. It's like I just I struggle with the the usefulness yeah. <laughs> question here, but like yeah, so it's like you almost have to be you have to be where the clouds are already in order to make them, but you can do it once you get up there. You know, so it's a huge process. Um, what if you could create precipitation, but mm-hmm. like only precipitation that could naturally occur and like <laughs> at the, like elevation and like yeah. location that you're at yeah i like that yeah because it could be uh i mean they use this to like teach teach school children or something about you know, like the the precipitation the, what is it, like the water cycle yeah right like you know <laughs> yes. they used it but right like so they wanted to be as accurate as possible right like um yeah i like that and what if in using it it 
like insist that you use the right vocabulary terms for what you're mm-hmm. trying to do. So yes. you <laughs> you can't say whatever. You can't say rain. You have to say whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Precipitation. Yes. I like that. All right. Um, let me give you one that's sort of like uh, out, out of left field in that. Right. So we've been talking, I think, mostly like fantasy settings yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Let's shift to, I'm thinking like a, a rave. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. Like, like a yeah, like modern day. Well, I guess not modern day. Probably like 1990s rave. <laughs> okay. So, are we still that. doing a magic item though? Yeah, I think it's still a magic item. Okay. So, like, yeah, like urban fantasy okay. style magic. Like, item. in we're in the club where all the like the vampires are listening mm-hmm. to to bad techno and yeah, and like you're the only humans that are in there, and like everybody can kind of smell smell that you're around. Like, what's the useless magical item that you have that actually gets you out? Ha! <laughs> huh, yeah. Okay. Some sort of like yeah, like scented cologne that <laughs> allows you to walk, walk in the presence of vampires. What if it does something to music in its environment? Ooh, like amplifies it, makes it quiet, like, changes it. Those things sound useful. I mean, mm-hmm. those things sound a little too useful. What would be something dumb? Like, oh, like what if it just it, it changes the key of yeah. whatever music you're listening yeah, to? Yeah, exactly. What if it makes everything yeah. it shifts it into a minor key, uh, yeah. or something, or it just it just transposes it or whatever the musical term is, a couple of mm-hmm. notes in one direction. Oh, I like that a lot. Your bards would hate hate it. <laughs> yeah, <this laughs> uses one trick. Yeah. Okay. So it could yeah change the key transpose. I guess what would it look like in this setting? Okay, it's a modern it's a modern day device. Would it look mm-hmm. like an iPod? Or is that too, is that too cool? Like a Walkman? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. Like maybe it's like a conductor's wand. Oh, yeah. Conductor. Yeah. Yep. That works. Okay. And when you wave it, the speed with which you wave it affects the extent to which the, the extremes to which the music is moved up or down. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not a musician, so I don't know the, uh, the right terms, but. uh, Yeah. I like that. I think it would also, I mean, the caveat that I would put, it, it always stays musical. Okay. Yeah. Whatever it's doing as well, right? So it's like not you can. It's not like atonal or anything like that. Yeah, and you can't use it to like. Yeah, I don't know. Do something useful. uh, (laughs) Right. But you could clear a room with like a really off key. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you could clear the dance floor with your uh, off key tunes. Yeah. Or drive. Yeah, drive an orchestra. Absolutely mad. (laughs) (laughs) Like I know we're not playing this, but this is what I'm hearing. Um, Okay, Chris. uh, I like that. Yeah. Let's uh let's do one more here because mm-hmm. we've been chatting okay. for a while. Uh, you yeah. up for one more? Yeah, yeah. You give me p- pick a setting. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, how about a swamp? Hmm. And so if you were in a swamp, so here's some things that would be useful. Yeah. Locating like dry, like solid ground, mm-hmm. uh, or um, you know, detecting hostile life or edible food yeah those yeah, those are things like that would be useful so not those yeah <laughs> something yeah you can walk on top what if like uh you had a a camouflage that like what's the opposite of camouflage like it, it <laughs> you know like the camouflage was like broken in some way where like you're in a swamp but it gives you camouflage that would be appropriate for like a snow scape. oh i like or that you're in a yeah. yeah you're in a in the woods but it gives you camouflage appropriate for like i don't know being on a 
a target <laughs> instead. Yes, that's perfect. So whatever yeah. environment is, it'll camouflage you, but in camouflage for the wrong, um, yeah, for for a different like type biome or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I like that. So it's then a... it should be you know cloak or something like that. To... Yeah, some sort of cloak. Yeah, you put it on, but then to the the observer, it makes you. It's not an invisibility cloak. It's a visibility cloak. Yes. It's very, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. well, I think that that is a. I think we did four or five, and we could probably go on brainstorming more. But why don't we mm-hmm. uh, wrap up while we're ahead? Do you have any kind of closing thoughts on this topic in general? I do. Yes. So this is a, a really interesting one because I think like the thing that we just were struggling with the whole time was like the the useless part of it, and just the thought that like anything you create can be used in some way. So I almost wonder if it's like just an impossibility to to try try to hit that. The thing that was coming up as we were discussing to me that was very interesting was thinking about like, okay, you're in this setting or this location, like what's the opposite of what you'd need in that situation? Yeah. If you have a bunch of those things and you lay them out in front of players, like not in those settings, I think then that's that's the really interesting part to me. It's like, okay, like I have a like a cloud wand that can make clouds. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like we're in, in a swamp, you know? I'm reminded, I, I think that's a great point. And I'm reminded, although the genre isn't fantasy or magical, I'm, I'm reminded of the common feature of a lot of post-apocalyptic role-playing games where there are these big tables of like junk you find in the ruins. And mm-hmm. it's always stuff like a CD player or, uh, yeah. you know, a blender or, you know, a, a playing card you know all this stuff that divorced of its original context it's not possible to use it for its original function you know you can't mm-hmm. plug the cd player and it doesn't work that doesn't have batteries but there's something there's a reason this variants of this table are in like every post-apocalyptic game i've ever seen it's mm-hmm. it's fun to give people stuff that like that there's just no no standard use that it's even possible for it to be put towards like we've been discussing yeah. magic items that they have a use it's maybe mm-hmm. a dumb or a frivolous use but they have a use but i think there's something to be said also for things that like are just i don't know i think the camouflage idea for example is like an interesting example of something that's mm-hmm. almost entirely useless like you would almost not want to have that yeah. um but it's still interesting and and it and you know players will find a way to use it in the same way that they'll find some way to use the broken cd player even yes. though there's no electricity you know there's no batteries and no music you know mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah you don't have a copy of metallica's black album anyway so like why would you <laughs> that's right why, why would you even need the cd player yeah, yeah. and like why are <laughs> yeah. you even going on living because man. yeah okay yeah. well oh, uh, let's yeah. wrap up that uh mm-hmm. let's wrap up the discussion with that but uh mm-hmm. you know if you're listening and you have had a great useless item or magic uh item or spell or something like that crop up in your game and people did something really fun and unexpected with it uh, i would love to hear about that uh, yeah, oh yeah Chris for would sure too. yeah i'd absolutely love to hear yeah reach out and then um if you think of any any of these after listening to the episode please share them as well um i'm sure we'll be thinking about more of them yeah um over the next couple of weeks but yeah okay cool okay. well thank uh, you andy this was really fun it was and we have one oh, more thing to cover before we oh, right, right. can go we need to replace this topic so we uh yes. we used up this topic and we need to mm-hmm. put a new one onto the table of design challenges in its place and mm-hmm. i have one to propose yeah why don't you go ahead and propose it all right uh, my proposal is uh to create three space anomalies that beg to be investigated Oh, boy. And what I have in mind here is, you know, every good sci-fi horror movie, you know, has to start with this a ship or a space station that 
has no good reason to like stop the normal thing they're doing and go do something foolish and dangerous. Yes. They have no good reason to divert their course into the, to, but there's something that's so compelling about whatever it is that um, they have to. So uh, I'll I'll actually start talking about this topic if I don't stop, but let's throw that on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put that on the table. I think that's a really good one. I don't know. Like we're going to have to figure out if it makes sense to attach numbers of stuff to this or not. Um, yeah. As we, as we do these things. Um, yeah. So like, let's stick with the three and we, whoever gets to roll it, we'll get to, to see, see what we come up with. Oh, for so, sure. And yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, out uh, no mm-hmm. problem. Uh, as we know, constraints are helpful sometimes. And so I thought, Oh, attaching a number to it is one good way to do a constraint, but we'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So why right. don't you uh, sign us out, Chris? Yes. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. Again, if you listen to this and you're in, you enjoyed it, uh, please let us know, especially let us know if you have any thoughts about the design challenges that we're switching over to. I know it's, it's a little bit different from what we were doing before, but again, I think it's, um, it's a good change. And what we're really hopeful is when we bring on some guests for this, it'll allow them to feel, I think like a little bit less like they have to be the expert about what we're talking about and more like they can just sort of participate in a fun, yeah. fun design challenge. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that and hopefully we'll have some guests uh, shortly yeah. this winter. And most importantly, uh, Chris wants you to check in with him daily about his progress through the Silmarillion. <laughs> yes, please. So especially please if, you hassle see, me. if you see any signs of him flagging, that's when he wants you to really <laughs> double down and, and yeah. check in. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I must warn you, though, that if you check in with me, I'm going to make you read a page to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I've been Chris Salzman. I have been Andy Rao. And remember, if your player is having fun, you're a great GM. <laughs>